Dear Lord, thank You for the opportunity to once again talk about field work, and which is just essentially a way to reach people. Lord, we want to follow Your methods because everything that You did was amazing and perfect and full of love. That's what we want. So bless us here our last time together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, so, just, to, just a quick review, <clears throat> the four components of this process uh, we've talked about engage, right? Uh, of the need to actually engage people outside of our circle, maybe of friends, circle of faith. Uh, we, we talked about how many, most times, uh, we have people who, the only people they know are Christians, uh, but we have this, this, this command to, to go actually out and, and meet people who don't know Jesus. And, and to tell them about it. So we've we got to figure out ways to engage the community. We've sat and we've processed our strengths. We've processed what the needs of our uh, community are, and we're looking for um, matches, right? Ideas. Those of you uh, that have been here for, for all of the lectures or whatever, you've, you've established a table, you've established a little mini church, and you've got your ideas. If you're new here today, we're so glad you're here. Um, feel free to, to join any table, join a church. You can act like you're uh, from the community. It'll work perfectly. And, um, then the second piece was equipping, right? Learning how to equip uh, on, on multiple levels. Equip our youth in, in this process. And then also equip people that we ask that are friends in the community or acquaintances that we know. Equipping them to do this ministry that we are um, uh, are doing, and then the third piece we talked about yesterday was um, encompass. Right, we want to we want to surround these people with love and encouragement, bring them into our environment, um, and 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 just kind of show them what Christianity is like from our from our uh, perspective. Now. <clears throat> Remember, this is a question we ended on yesterday and uh, want to process today. Uh, we, so so we now we have this ministry. We have people that are coming from the community. Uh, some of them may have never known Jesus. Remember on day one I told you about that girl I talked to? She had no idea who Cain and Abel was. She, she, she had no idea where, where certain parts of the Bible were located and, and just super open to learning more about God. So we have these connections now, and we have these meetings that we're meeting. We're, we're meeting because there's a point to the meeting, right? Because we've got to align things up to strengthen this approach to our community. And, and now, uh, and, and we've said this, if we just stop there with social reform or social assistance, um, if we just stop there, that doesn't necessarily mean that God's in it. Atheists can do these types of things, right? They act like Jesus and not even know it. Praise God for that. But now we actually want to be intentional and talk to them about spiritual things. So in your groups this morning, we're going to spend some time uh, and talk about this. And then after we process this, this question, I'm going to close the, the, uh, our time together with it, giving you some help. Like These are some things you might want to look out for if you're looking to implement this. So, here's the question. 
How do you intentionally speak to them about spiritual things? What does that look like? And I, as, I'm, as, I, as I read the question, just now I realized it's a weak question. <clears throat> because I don't want the question to just, you know, how do you talk about it? Like for instance, um, you have lunch together at Subway and then you go, praise the Lord for the veggie sandwich. Like that's not what I'm talking about. How do, when you meet, how, well, when you come together, how can you transition those things into spiritual things? Or maybe you create other opportunities that have a more um, intentional spiritual theme. So what I'd like you to do right now is in your groups, discuss what that looks like and come up with some ideas that you can share with the rest of the group. Does that make sense? Okay, go ahead. If I get your attention, somebody just asked a qualifying question. It was a fantastic question. She goes, are you actually talking about how do we intentionally do this with this project that we came up with? Yes. I don't necessarily want you to, I mean, you can talk about it philosophically. I'm sure that'll bring some sort of, uh, it'll enhance your conversation. But how do you intentionally do this with this product, for lack of a better term? Uh, how do you integrate that into this product that you've come up with, this new type of ministry? Does that make sense? Thank you, Donna, for bringing that up. Okay, go ahead. About 60 more seconds, just to let you know. About another one more minute. You know, if you, um, I, you know, if you ask that question and, and someone says like they're an atheist, like the answer is always, "Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about it." It doesn't matter what they say. I worship trees. No, I do not. I do not. No. 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 Sometimes I actually do mean that. Yeah, I don't want to give everybody a complex. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, and then you can say, though, do you really mean that? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, it's better than. Yeah. <laughs> I know I ran out of skirts. My wife has to. Not my wife has to. She does the laundry. No, she does the laundry. Um, yeah. Because this morning she's like, "Do you have any dirty clothes?" Yeah. Because I was hiding them all behind the chair, and so she's like, "Give them to me." All right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like if 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 you if you if you. If you yeah, no, me neither. I actually enjoy it. Uh, but I, like, uh, when, you, when you think someone is an Adventist or a Christian or whatever, you just talk lingos and you have to make all these assumptions. But if you think the other person isn't like you, then all of a sudden you, I don't know, people just act differently. And I just enjoy that. Um, and yeah, asking for names, remembering names suggests that you're wanting relationships. And I like the whole... If you pray for them and you write it down, the next time you see them, you can lead with how is so-and-so. Boy, that's the next level. I, you know, I've, I've had a lot of homeless people. Uh, when I used to live in Detroit, we would go all the time, right? Uh, and it's easy to just, here's your chili, here's your chili. Uh, which, by the way, homeless people would rather you not make chili. Isn't that true? I remember one time, uh, the guy goes, this guy came up to me, he goes, oh, he, he was cold, he's like, Oh, what do you got? I go, chili. He goes, chili? That's all they make is chili, you know? And, and I was like, 
Yeah, yeah. So then um, next, next time we came, we had like, you know, Tuscan bisque and, you know, all this whatever, you know, all this crazy stuff, you know, tomato soup, chicken noodle. And they were like, oh, all right. And then they literally evangelized. They don't have something other than chili, you know. So, uh, but I mean, like, but I mean, having conversations and, and you want to stay away from, like, you want the humanity component to, to thrive, right? Like, you're a person who just died for you, not, you know, I'm just doing my deed. And that, I think that's what I'm hearing you say. That's, that's fantastic. Well, well I, I, let me throw out an idea. I'm going to suggest that that has to take place in another situation. So while you have this ministry and you have this event, and remember, we're, 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 uh, we're looking at, and you could probably come up with more, but primarily three levels. We're empowering our youth to be active for Christ. That's one level. The second level is actually the people we're serving in the community. That's another. And the third one are those people that might not share faith or have faith or, or share your faith that are partnering with you. So what you're, what you're looking at then is how can I uh, have another environment where they can come and they, we have opportunity? Because to use your bike example, and I, I, I heard uh, Matt say this, and he's right, you know, you're, you're not going to try potentially to pray or give a Bible study to someone who's flying by you at, I think you said, 27 miles an hour. Uh, however, uh, creating an opportunity for them to come to another event is probably where you're going to get that opportunity. And that event could be your training meeting. Like your training, did you say that over there? All right, your training meeting where you have maybe a short devotional or your, your, their prayer time, and then you get into the topic at hand. It also could happen at, um, I'm a big proponent of this, food. You come on over and let's eat, and uh, while we're eating, we talk of spiritual things. And we, what's that? Why don't I eat him? Oh, ham. Oh. I was like, uh, I'm not sure how to answer that one. Strike that from the record. Oh, yeah, yeah, why don't I eat ham? Right. Why are you having a wham sandwich? Right, yeah, exactly. Wham! You know, so, yeah, no, that's, no, that's a great point. And that leads, and I actually, I had uh, someone come up to me the other day and ask me uh, the question, and it's a great question, and then he, or she specifically said, Leviticus 11. Well, I knew that if I answered the question just in Leviticus 11 that she was going to drop the other hammer and say, I'm not a Jew, we don't need to serve the Levitical law. So I was like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to Genesis. What do you think about that? You know? And so when I got done, she was like, wow, I never heard that before. I said, well, great, so stop eating pork. No, I didn't do that. But <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, you can get super creative, uh, and, that's, and that's totally on you to how to, how to the, put a theme to it. How, can you think of a? Can you think of places where you you do business or you recreate where they're definitely evangelizing to you, maybe in a subtle way, um, but like you're like, oh, you see it around and you expect it when you go there. Uh, how many have ever gone to like a uh, Chinese or Thai restaurant and saw huge statues of Buddha or or whatever? I mean, they're they're clearly evangelizing in a subtle way. But they're, communi- they're, they're combining faith and business, right? Um, there's, you know, there's other places as well. 
And then there's other uh, uh, agendas, for lack of a better term, that are, are not mixed with faith that they're clearly trying to encourage you to do when you go to their places of business, right? So it's not crazy to think that we can't combine those two. And that, that I think sometimes we get scared that if we do this, then they won't come back. And I don't believe that to be true. Not if you're good at what you do and you're loving and sincere. People will want to come back. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and you can, you can give me a study afterwards, but I remember there's this massive face of Buddha at this one restaurant, but they had the best yellow curry. So I didn't need to stare at that Buddha to get my curry, you know, type of thing. So, if that makes sense. Um, okay, so, I believe that we need to be just as intentional thinking about how is Jesus going to be at the center of this? How am I going to set up opportunities outside of this event Because if for Christ? Because if we don't, we won't. And we'll slip into this ditch, which is, I'm being nice to them, and that's Jesus enough. And I'm not going to argue that that isn't true at certain levels, but that doesn't jive with Matthew 28, which tells us to teach, right, and to baptize. And I just think we need to be a little more intentional, that's all. Okay, um, <clears throat> this last part is empower. You want to empower, again, on, 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 on two major levels. You're empowering these people that you invite that don't have faith. You're empowering them to do ministry with you. You're, in, you're empowering them to such a level you're evangelizing them, hoping that they will join uh, and, and be a Christian, an Adventist Christian with you. And then you're wanting them to continue on in this process, right? The goal is not for someone to become a Seventh-day Adventist and then do nothing. The goal is for them to join your church and to strengthen your ministry, or even better yet, to multiply and start other ministries. Because let's be honest, all of your fantastic ideas that you've come up with this week could all easily be implemented in one church if you had the workers. That's why God says you need to pray for workers. The harvest is so plentiful. We just need workers who are willing. And, and so by... By when you bring someone new into the church, you're fighting, you're fighting culture that says, just figure out how to do nothing. I'm very sad to say that. Just, just, just come on in and we'll show you what needs to minimally be done. You're fighting, unfortunately, that culture which is so prevalent in North America. Because think about it, you wonder why people don't want to change their life to become a spectator. I want you to change all your friendships. I want to change how you eat, you drink, what you watch, how you talk, so that you can come. Do you understand how like no one would do that? I mean, very few would do that. But then when we attach sitting with salvation, we actually, without recognizing it, we've become legalists. And that's not what God wants. He wants you to be a disciple. So, anyway. Um, so we want to empower, and okay, secondly, we want to empower our youth, right? We want our youth, this is the beautiful thing about the wisdom that we have that we can share with our young people. Uh, we can say, look, God never intended this. We want to help you change the culture so your children won't have this experience. 
This is a beautiful way that God can use you to change maybe your experience. Now, some of you uh, today might be new and go, what is he talking about? I love my church. We're super active. You've never saw that. Praise God. May you never take a bite out of that apple. Because God never wanted you to experience that type of evil. Right? He spits that type of food out. So, here's some helps, some things for you to consider as if this is something you like, hey, I, I want to get this going. Remember, I would absolutely love if you need me or would find value in it. I would love to come to your church and help any way that I can. If you don't want me to come, uh, you can call me, and that's fine too, but I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I have cards up here too if, if, you, if you didn't get one. But here's some things that I would look for or be mindful of as I was setting this up, okay? This is of no particular order after the first one. The first one is the absolute first thing you should do. Everything else you can organize in your own way. Pray. Beg the Holy Spirit to do something amazing in your Beg the Holy Spirit to help you to see what you've not seen. I know that as I look back, anything that's ever been successful that I've ever been a part of, I've looked back and went, I don't humanly understand how that happened. But the Holy Spirit did it. People look back, and it's really fun to look back at successful things, and we like to dissect it. Well, this happened and this happened, of course, this, this, and you would do this, uh, uh. But I'm telling you, as someone who's been part of some things that have had success, during the time, it wasn't even on my radar. It just naturally happened. And then I look back and go, man, we really needed that. And the Holy Spirit did it. Absolutely can't take any credit for it. He did it. So prayer is the most important thing you can do. Conrad, hey, doesn't it make sense that if you do what God asks you to do, you'll get what God asks you to get, wants you to get? I mean, that just makes sense, right? If He's all-powerful... All and he says, I want you to go to make disciples. If you did it and didn't, you would be proving that he is not powerful. And that's just not true. It's going to work. Communicate with a pastor. Uh, this is easy if you're a pastor and you're here today, but communicate with the pastor. Let them know what's going on. The last thing you want to do is get something up and going and your pastor go, I, have no, I had no idea about this. And then they get a little salty because they're on the outside looking in and they're frustrated. Not that I'm not suggesting that you don't have a godly pastor, but you probably have a human pastor, right? Right? Ours is a cyborg, you know. So, like, we don't want to, you don't want to do that. Now, you want to invite them in. Now, if your pastor says, that sounds really great and, and communicates either verbally or non verbally, that they don't have time for this, don't demonize them and think that they're terrible people. Just say, okay, I, and remember, this initiative doesn't need any one person. It just doesn't. So, it's okay, but you want to communicate to him uh, that you're, you know, that what you're doing. Ask questions. This is really, really important. Especially if, 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 you're, if you're trying to start something up with youth and you're the advisor or you're, you know, you're on the team, uh, even if it's just... Uh, some, I hear someone say, well, what if you don't have any youth in your church? Good, you can do it without youth. This isn't 
I mean, this is for youth, but it, it doesn't have to be for youth. This is a human initiative, right? But when you're at a table or when you're, you know, talking, ask questions. Instead, and here's why. If you're in a situation specifically with young people and there, there's some, there's, they have some ideas and you um, tell them what they're thinking won't work, have you ever, have you ever tried to give someone some suggestions and every time you did, they shot you down? What does that make you want to do? Leave, quit, stop talking, right? But in, instead, if, if, if someone comes up with some type of idea that you think might be, need some help, ask the question where the answer might be to solve your problem. So, you understand, I don't need to give you a scenario. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. Um, you don't always have to have an answer. Silence is powerful. Okay? Meaning two things. One is, and I learned this as being a married man. Uh, I'm a fixer. I'm a, I feel like I'm a fixer. I'm a doer. My wife would come home, or in our marriage, early on in our marriage, she still does this, but I mean early on in our marriage, and she would tell me what was wrong with her life or what was wrong in society or whatever. And so by the time she was finished, arrogant husband already has an answer. Like, would you just be quiet so I can tell you the answer and we'll just move on to happy fuzzy time. And so then I, for when we first got married, I was like, okay, just do this, just do this, just do this, just do that. And then finally she just said to me, look, I don't want answers, I just want you to listen. Has anyone ever heard that? I mean, it's not maybe not a female thing, it could be a male, you know, whatever. In my case, that's the dynamic. And she's like, look, I just want you to listen and be there. And I was like, really? All you want me to do is just sit here? Yes. Okay. And it was super easy. And this is what I found out. I would sit and listen and she would talk and talk and tell me all that. And when she got done, she would just go, she just like this weight would come off. She'd go, oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. But there were times when Jesus didn't say anything. Right? Why do you, sometimes we just, you know, and that's because it's going to be harder for some of you than others. Right? Some of you are like talkers. I understand. Yeah. It's hard for me. I literally bite insides of my mouth and try not to make a weird face, but I just to be quiet. Okay? Uh, and again, remember, we said this earlier. If you don't have an answer right now, by saying that you don't know, sets up another time to meet. It's wonderful. Say, oh man, that's a really good question. Could you give me some time on that? Hey, let's meet. And then, oh, okay, if you're going to answer. And that gives you time to think and pray, and it also gives you more time, which is propinquity, right? More, more proximity, more frequency, increase the duration, intensity, good stuff. Right, and isn't it better? Don't you feel more like, closer to someone when you self you, you discover together? Like, it's good to have a guru, but it's hard to have a relationship with a guru because they become your human Google. You know, like what is it? Again? Okay, thanks. I'll be back later when I need you. Go back to the closet. You know, whatever. But when you're re having relationship, it's powerful. Uh, okay, listen. Okay, part of this listening. Then confirm what was said. This is super huge. And it's cool to take notes. 
sometimes when people will come and say, I need to talk to you, and they're talking, and I realize this is a little more serious than I thought, I'll say, hey, do you mind if I take notes? And I've never had someone say, no, don't record this. They always say, oh yeah, sure. And I, you know, so I'm not going to share them. But... So then I write down, and when they get done, I'll say, hey, this is what I think you said. And you'd be surprised how many times I'm wrong. I, is this what you said? Is this what you, is this what you said? Is this what you mean? No, that's not what I meant at all. Oh, well, what do you mean? Oh, I meant this. Oh, okay, so scratch out right there. Is, do you mean this? Yes, yes, yes. And then it's okay. You're going to see this in the meeting, especially what if someone gives an idea that you think is not very good? It might not be very good, or it might be that you don't understand what they're trying to say. And by giving them an opportunity to explain it, you look so open, because you are, and young people need that. So I need to be heard, and this is how you communicate that. Okay, stay sustainable. Don't Start at such a pace. How many of you are runners? Yeah, if you're a runner, if you run a marathon like you're running a 5K, it's not going to work. You know, you're just, <laughs> you run that first corner and you're out of breath. Don't start something that you know isn't sustainable. We're going to do a seven-day awake ministry, uh, two hours a day, and da-da-da-da-da. Don't do that because that's, that's going to, that's going to hurt more than help. You say, well, we're only going to meet once a month. Great. How many times do you meet in a month now? You just increased your production 100%. Right? So start off slow and sustainable. And don't let anyone feel, make you feel guilty or anything. Just go as your, as your support can do it. Trust the process. Okay, this process that you're learning, like trust it. Don't, I, 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 this is what will happen. You start this off and you go, hey guys, we're going to meet and talk and guess what, we're going to do a bike-a-thon. <laughs> you're like, what? Like, you're so excited that you have this idea, and, but you didn't bring, you didn't bring them along. You, you know, just trust the process. Trust sitting down and saying, hey, let's write down our strengths. Let's write down needs of the community. And that's okay that you might have a bias. We all have bias. Just recognize you have that bias and be quiet about it. But trust this process. Let it develop. Okay? Because it'll work. Uh, don't only ask for help all the time. What I mean by that is I kind of alluded to it with the whole Guru Google thing. Um, when you go to ask for help in your community, Specifically, like, let's say, vendors. If the only time you talk to the vendor is when you need something, that's a problem because they'll stop wanting to talk to you. Look to give back to those vendors. When at all possible, shop at those vendors. Tell others to go. You follow what I'm saying? Reciprocate. Stop by and just talk to the people. And, and, and pray for them. It, like, it's really cool. I mean, I think one of the greatest, I think that the two greatest curses that you could get is to be like super nasty, filthy rich and to be famous. I mean, it's just got to be horrible. Anytime someone tries to be your friend, you think well, how much they wanting. And when you're famous, you can't go anywhere. Like, like Doug Batchelor can go anywhere. 
in Adventism. He can't just sit down in the church and say, hey, friends. You know, like, they're going to be like, hey, get up there, you know, type of thing. Or, we saw you last night at dinner. What were you doing eating that? You know, type of thing. And, oh, but, but people, specifically, you're asking to donate, especially vendors, usually they have some sort of means, because that's what, you know, you're simply, boy, just, just show up just to give. And just say, look, I just like you. It's not your money. I really value you as a person. They need to be ministered to. And, and I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this to manipulate anything. I'm saying that that's what we should do. But, but I am a, but yeah, nice, nice big, a big tea. Yeah, that's right. Get him a hot chocolate. No, but it's not a crazy idea to come in and go, hey, I got you a, a, a bagel or, or whatever. I just was stopping by. And, and by the way, guess what? That gives you an opportunity to let them know how their donation or how their help has been going on. I mean, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but, but tell it, it's good to go back and to say thank you and to say, hey, look, this is what happened to your donation. There are so many people that, like, you know, they, they never told me. Not that they need a thank you, but they're nice. But they never told me what happened. I don't, you know, and, and, and we're so, we expel so much energy asking for the money. Why don't we expel more energy thanking them and, and inviting them into relationship. All right, be positive and protect the flock. I guarantee you that you're going to get flack on this because the devil will hate this. He just will hate it. Now, you're going to have some angels who masquerade as saints come up to you and attack you for whatever reason. At all, at all expense, be positive. Right, if I come up to Paula and tell her why her thing is terrible and this is a bad idea and the youth are just a pain, and the last thing she should do is tell the youth what a jerk I am. Even if the youth see me lighting her up, when she comes to the meeting, she should not say anything. Why? Well, yeah, you, number one, you want to be negative. Two, you're, you're causing division in the body. Let the Holy Spirit deal with cranky old Chad. Um, but you be positive. You have to protect the flock. We, and, and I talked about this earlier in the week. When we tell young people that old people don't care or they think that you're fools or you know whatever, you don't give them a future. Because once they reach that age of transition, they don't want to go there. They've been just told for the last 10 years that these people are clueless. So don't do that. Also protect the flock that if you know that a young person is going into a hostile situation, don't allow it. Or, or take the hit first, or, or whatever. Like, don't, if you, if you know that this is, that's not going to work out real well, just protect it. Cancel the meeting, do whatever. But the last thing you want to do is to get a young person who's frustrated with the church because of the church. Like, it's legit. I mean, let's just be honest. Some, some of you may have been in meetings where you hear people talk, differently than they do on stage on Sabbath. You get behind closed door and you're like, wow, can you say that? I mean, I, that's not very nice. You know, it happens. And, you know, God forbid that sometimes you meet people that you had all this respect in the world, they close the door and then, whoa. Well, sometimes people have bad days too. And sometimes it's legitimately they're, they're, they're not... Very nice, but I mean, you know, but be, but be very, 
Uh, put your process and product on social media for a couple of reasons. Obviously, young people, that's where, that's where they're at. Whether you like it or not, that's where they're at. So just deal with it. Uh, secondly, uh, you want to put your process and product on social media so you can share with the rest of your church, but also these people that you're partnering in the community. And when you put social, your, your product on social media, please don't put an Adventist type product. Put a product that you expect the whole world to watch. So don't use terms that nobody else knows. Like don't tell me 1844 jokes. Give all glory to God. Be very proud of your Adventist heritage. But you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, and here's what this looks like. You put up a video. Here we are with a bunch of pagans. And they're helping us. Isn't this wonderful? Bill over here is a pot smoker. Doesn't believe in Jesus. We think in a couple more meetings, he'll be a Seventh-day Adventist. And then put that on... You laugh, but it happens. Then you put it on social media, and then where's Bill next week? Well, he saw the video. You're ripping on him. You know, don't do that. I, um, I just did something recently when I, I stood on the corner with an atheist sign, like I said, free lunch for atheists. And uh, um, one of my friends videotaped my conversation with a guy. Then afterwards, he's like, hey, let's put it on the web. I'm like, no, why not? Because I said... Because I don't want that going on the web. What we talked about was cool and everything, but I didn't, I didn't explicitly tell him that our conversation would be online, and if he saw that, I would betray that friendship that I just started. Um, we'll do another one, but that's not one. And uh, he's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So, Have the youth tell the church about every win you experience. This is liquid gold, my friends. Have the young people get up front. Let's, isn't that true? Whenever a young person gets up front, everyone gets smiling. Oh, look at there's young people. We're still alive, you know. Uh, anytime you do something uh, successful, have them go and explain it. It just can be really short. Ask, ask whoever's in charge of the service or ask your you know, or pastor or whoever, hey, can you give me two minutes? Can you give me three minutes? In Cadillac, that was huge. That when, when Cadillac came in and uh, the young people got up front and said all this stuff, uh, they, they got a, when they went to the board later to ask them for help in this ministry, the board wrote them a check for $5,000. They were predisposed to the idea because young people were excited about sharing it. Um, every idea can live for 60 seconds. Karen Tilster taught me this. Again, this goes back to what I talked about earlier, but when you're sitting around and you go, hey, let's brainstorm ideas. Now, some people are going to just come up with some really... I crazy ideas that you think shouldn't happen. Let it live for 60 seconds. Because you want them to keep coming up with ideas. Right? Like, for instance, someone could say, I know what we can do. We can go into the local bar and start a euchre club. They love playing cards. We'll play with all the people in the bar. We'll do it every Friday night. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, let it go for 60 seconds. It'll be okay. Just set your watch. You could even look at it, right? All right, here we go. 59, 60. You know, and just let, just this let it, because you don't want to stifle creativity. Just the Holy Spirit will let you pick, or pick something out. Okay? All right. Uh, introduce your youth to the church board. Uh, ask, obviously ask, ask your pastor, ask, you know, if, what if there's a process. Uh, it's an open forum, though, I believe. Anybody can go to the church board. But invite them to come. 
And also, if you have something that you want to present, have them present. It's really cool if you present stuff that doesn't necessarily need action or money. But it's also cool that, you know, just, hey, this is how this works. I want you to understand how the church functions. Okay? Uh, encourage first-timers to bring people. Jeff Young taught me this. Uh, he's an amazing youth guy in, in Grand Rapids. Anybody know Jeff? You do? Yeah, okay, yeah. He's a super cool dude. But this is how he rolls. When a visitor comes to his youth group, he goes and talks to them like they've been coming their whole life. He introduces himself to them, and all right, nice to meet you, Becky. Um, that's fantastic. So, hey, next time you come, next week at this time or whatever, make sure you bring a friend. You have, you know, what friend could you bring? And he just talks to them. As, and he, and the, it's amazing how many first-timers bring friends the next time. Because last time we were together, it's like, yeah, this person, this is the second time, they brought three friends. Like, these people, they have no concept of what... And I'm like, praise God, you know, just, just, uh, they're, I've seen this in restaurants sometimes, like, you know, they're, you know, after the first time, your family or something like that, or, you know, that's the way we need to be. Uh, be specific when giving thanks. Uh, be, you know, thank them specifically for this. And again, tell them how that uh, specific gift was a blessing. Okay, explain the common with the holy. Here's what I mean by this. Uh, you, you wrote down all of these lists of this is what we need in order to make this ministry happen. I said, hey, each one of those is a reason to meet. There's always going to be a way, the best way of doing something. And I believe there's a biblical reason for that. So, for instance, using Proverbs to explain why you would dress a certain way or why you would speak a certain way, or why we're doing something. It doesn't have to be like super aggressive, but I think it's powerful when you go, hey, look, in, in the book of Proverbs, this is what this says. Um, what, do you, what do you think this means? And then you can dialogue for a minute and go, once you come to that conclusion, you can go, hey, this is why we want to go this way. This is a wise way to proceed. And that way, you can answer common questions, you're making practical the Scriptures. You're, you're setting it up to go, look, if I have a question about life, the Bible has answers. Okay? This takes another step, but if you or the young person in charge, if you just have that as your culture, like tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to train kids on how to dress professionally or modestly in the workplace. Come bringing one or two texts to explain that. It's a great way to connect. And uh, the last, the last one, just love them. Just love them, love them, love them. They make mistakes, love them. Process it with them. Let them know that no matter what, it's not going to change how you feel about them. You might have a problem with how they act, but you never will have a, you're, they're not going to make you stop loving them. Does that make sense? That, there's, it's not a secret on how to get used to be attracted to you. If you love them, they will, they, they will hang out with you and they will defend you to the death because you care about them. It will cover a multitude of things. Okay? Uh, any, any other questions? Yeah, that's excellent.
You're what, yeah, partner with other churches. Absolutely. We have to stop being silos. And we have to think, like for instance, if, if you said, hey, I didn't go to this subway on, uh, in Edmore. I went to Elmo. Subway's not upset about that. Like, oh, what are you doing? You know, uh, No, you're right. Uh, and and it, it really should be if whatever best meets your needs, we're all on the same team, and we get together anyway. You're absolutely right. If there's rivalry in Adventism, that's like foolishness. Yeah, yeah, it is. But and that, another thing too is, like maybe two, it takes two churches to produce a youth group. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Right. And that's good for everybody. No, yeah, here I said, that's actually a fantastic example. Brother. It's good. Okay. Or we're going to have a word of prayer. Um, Derek, did you, I think you wanted to ask somebody, you want to make an announcement after prayer? Is that, yeah, okay. I just think That's it. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to meet this week. And I just pray that this, um, I pray that this just wouldn't be a series of meetings where we just enjoyed fellowship and being together for a period of time, but, but actually it would transition to a change in our local church. And not just uh, for the sake of change, but actually that young people, uh, all people, would be drawn closer to you, that we would bear fruit in souls. It would be so amazing to come back next year and to bring people that came to you through this program. So Lord, just use us. Unify us. Strengthen the story. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.